for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. The boys are back. We got our boy Mo from the UK this time. And we have the, this is going to be the Junior World Championships preview show. And we're going to do the men's on this episode. We'll do it like we always do. We'll start from the bottom of the weight classes, work our way up to the 120 pluses, the super heavyweights, and all four of us, it's Arian, Messi, Kamesi, and Rory as well, are going to be giving our gold, silver, and bronze medal picks as well as the best lifter. <laughs> okay, fellas, I'll kick us off. Let's get the party started in the 53-kilo class. And yes, the juniors have an extra weight class on the bottom that the Open doesn't have. So the 53-kilo class, we have an American and two athletes from India and our friend from America, Joby. Um, he's actually nominated with 470 little bit of research he has totaled 482.5 at mega nats um a solid favorite by myself good lifter and he's well ahead of the two representatives from india so definitely in terms of the 53s no major breakdown needed um i think joby's going to take this a solid gold medal favorite in the silver medal in terms of the nominations i couldn't find out a lot of information so i will go off of they're nominated totals. And I'm going to take the one, two, three, where if I butcher their name, forgive me, Jure is going to come in silver as far as I can see. And Doan is going to come into the bronze. Um, fellas, do you guys agree, disagree, or do you see a one, two, three, just like me? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I, Same. I couldn't find anything on, um, any info on the two Indian lifters. Uh, and it's a pretty big difference. Like you said, Joby's done 470. He's done 42.5 in USAPL. So I took a one, two, three as well. Maybe uh, Gorav, who's nominated with the same bench, could maybe come away with like a gold bench. Um, but I don't see anything other than that. Yeah, the only thing that I would add is that India quite often nominates really large teams and then very few of those lifters end up actually at the meet. A lot of them like struggle getting visas or, or new things like that at the last minute. Um, so... It, like it's entirely possible that we don't even have a one, two, three, and it ends up being a, a first, second, or even ju or just one lifter in the entire class, which would be a shame. Um, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath even for all three lifters even showing up on the day. Yeah, hopefully, it's yeah, I'll probably say the exact same thing too, because um, like you said, I couldn't find anything on the Indian lifters, so they'll probably if they do turn up, they will be nowhere close to Joby. There it is. So Joby's a solid favorite, nonetheless. Moving into the fifty-nine kilo class. And we got quite a few more lifters, 13 lifters being nominated. Um, it's a, actually a relatively tight race to get onto the podium. So here is my breakdown, gentlemen. I'll go first here. So Ivan Campano, this is from Spain. Again, I might be butchering their names. When I get to the IPF World Championships, I'll be pulling these people aside and be like, tell me how to say your, your name, please, before we get to the stream. But 
Ivan coming in with a 577.5 kilo nominee total been powerlifting since 2018 has not competed outside of Spain yet. So this will be his first competition outside of his home nation. We'll see if that's a factor. Now these are juniors, so that's not entirely unusual. Um, from Canada, relatively close, nominated with a 562.5, Dixon and uh, Dixon Gang. Again, I'm going to ask him about the pronunciation of his last name. But this young man, if you look into him, bodied up as jacked a 59-kilo guy, as you're going to see, uh, competing since 2017, um, opening powerlifting. Here's what gets me concerned. Now, he's from Canada. He's my countryman. I want to root for my man. I want, I want to believe that he could pull off the upset, but this is what's working against him. According to open powerlifting, he has never got past his, let's see here, only ever got his opening deadlift. Yeah. And um, as far as I can see, he's going to need all three. If he's going to, he's going to, he, he needs to pull for the win and it's going to come down to his last. If he's going to cover a spread like that, if you have a, an inconsistency like that on deadlifts, this is an issue, especially if you've been competing since 2017. This has followed you. Now, I don't know if open powerlifting, if it's not the full story, fine. But in terms of what I could see, and if you go to a social media, um, it's not a heck of a lot of powerlifting as well. So it's difficult. But from what we could see, at least in terms of major competitions as of late, let's put it that way deadlifts have been an issue. And if my man is going to cover that ground, it's going to come down to the deadlift. So it's now we're kind of looking at are the people beneath him a possible threat to bump him off the podium altogether, or at least swap silver for bronze. So we have, um, Jonathan Barros from Argentina doesn't post much. Last post was dead's triple in July. And he's coming in with a nominated 555 kilos. So very difficult to tell where he's at. We got a 555, but my man posted a triple back in July. And here we are um, in the begin end of August, beginning, beginning of September. I don't know what to make of that. You know, if, if he's, if he's going to be capable of bumping anybody off the podium or not, and he's going to need to be capable because Sato of Japan, who's coming in with the nominated 553 kilo has been posting his nominated deadlift is 225 kilos in the gym. He's pulled 240. His nominated bench, 250.5. He's tripling 135. And he hit a bench PR of 158 kilos. This is in June. So his nominated bench of 150.5 and he's bench 158 since. Now, I don't know his body weight when he's doing these in the gym. But my man is posting up some big gym lifts, far exceeding what his nominated lifts are. This is why I get a little people like I did the math and this is what I see. There's no such thing as math on this because you don't, there's no, such, there's no such thing. It's not black and white. This is all gray area. We don't, there's so many variables attached into this. This is a very tough one to call for me, given that. So I'll go first. I honestly believe Ivan from Spain with his 577.5. I'm going to take him for the gold medal. He has a decent enough spread. And Dixon from Canada, he's solid, but I don't think he's going to be able to, I mean, he's going to need those deads. It's not obviously unforeseen that he could turn it around um, and start hitting his second and third deadlifts. But if history is the best indicator of the future, 
Uh, I'm saying he's a solid silver medal, but he doesn't have the dead to pull himself into a gold medal position. His, his, his dead as it stands is 20 kilo below Ivan for a 59 kilo class. That's a big stretch. So I think I'm going to take him on silver. He is relatively close though. Sato from Japan. I don't know what to make of these gym lists. So if you think his gym lists are legit and his body weight is on point, you guys might actually tip towards Sato to bump the Canadian out of silver medal position. But I'm going to put Sato in my bronze medal position because I, I'm not sure about the body weight. That is fucking big jumps from his gym lifts to his previous platform lifts. And I'm not sure how to take that. And if one of you guys wants to argue that he's just silver medal or even gold based off of what you're seeing in the gym, that's fine with me. But it, there's a question marks around it. Arian, what are you saying, my man? Yeah, for this one, uh, I didn't have a chance to find all these guys on Instagram to look at their training. But kind of like you said, this is all a gray area in general. Like we don't know, um, you know, what weight someone's at, what kind of like, you know, attempt selection they're going to come in with. Are they going to bring a coach with them? How they get affected by travel? And then for these lifters, for juniors and even with sub juniors, you don't know how fast they're going to progress. So, yeah, maybe uh, Sato has progressed a lot, but also like for Jonathan in uh, third place, I looked him up in open powerlifting and in 2019, he did 455. And then in 2021, he does 556. So he put 100 kilos on his total in two years. So now from 2021 till now, how much has he put on that 556? Mm -hmm. So who knows how much these guys have progressed. Um, I agree with you with Ivan or Yvonne um, that the 250 deadlift helps him having the biggest deadlift and he just, just you know put on whatever he needs to stay ahead of everyone. Dixon's going to have to watch for the guys behind him. So I wasn't sure on this one. So I kind of just stuck with uh, Yvonne first, Dixon second, and Jonathan third. Right. Mo, what are you saying, my friend? Um, so I've gone the other way around. So <laughs> you've seen Sato's gymnasts. I've also seen um, Jonathan's gymnasts. Ah. Um, last competition was in 2021, where he totaled the 556. That's on open power lifting. But on his social media, he's basically scored 220 kg, benched 120, and then deadlifted 250. Now that puts him around 590 kg total on gym lifts and this was back in July he last posted so I've decided to go for the gym social media lifter and I'm going to put um, Jonathan for first position just because oh, I've, seen, shit. I've seen Ivan's I've seen Ivan's um, performance very seasoned lifter and also he competed very recently where he totaled the 577.5 but I don't know how much he can push on those numbers by the time Wards comes around just based off his social media. And Jonathan looks like the one who's been making the most progress. And based off his 2021 progress so far, I think he'll be in contention with that first place and um, for that first place medal, definitely. And then second place, I'll put Ivan. And then third place is gonna be, be between Dixon, Ishtak, and um I believe what's his name? Kovac William. Um, those three lifters would definitely be all be vying for third place position. Um, unfortunately for Dixon, he's not the one to hit his last deadlift. And Ishtak and Kovac are both big deadlifters. So it'll be interesting to see how that battle for third place goes. But I think I'll go with Dixon as a safe pick. And then those are my top three for the 59 kg men's class or junior men's class. We got it. We got it split up right now, fellas. Rory, what do you think? I'm actually going to mix it up again. Um, oh, I'm going to keep. 
Avada in first place uh, just because I tend to discount social media uh, posting a little bit more than I think some people do. Like we don't know what their body weights are at. Like it wasn't necessarily under comp conditions and it can be very hard to sort of calibrate that against meat performances. And he has at the moment got the best meat performance. And so I have to, I have to weight that quite highly. Also he's traveling from Spain, which is, you know, not close, close, but relatively close compared to flying from Japan or Argentina or Canada to, to Turkey. And so that has to be a, a small benefit as well. Um, now, I, not making deadlifts is very bad tactically, right? Like the, in like previous meets, the, the, the winners of powerlifting meets tend to make their final deadlift at like a greater rate than people uh, who do not win their meets, right? It's, it's statistically significant. I was trying to find the numbers just now while Mo was talking and I couldn't, couldn't find it fast enough. Um, but only being able to make one deadlift versus even, even two or, or prefer, preferably three is a massive weakness, especially when you are actually one of the weaker deadlifts. You know, he doesn't have the weakest deadlift, but he definitely has one of the weaker deadlifts. And so for that reason, I'm going to put uh, Jonathan Barros in second and then Dixon Jiang in, in third. Fair enough. There it is. Look, we got a nice spread. That's why there's four of us, you know, and, and whoever's listening to this, uh, maybe you agree with me. Maybe you, uh, maybe you're wrong. So the 66, <laughs> 66 kilo class. And uh, all right. So yes, speaking of, so last year was the Spaniard who, uh, who had taken it no longer coming back to retain his title, but we have, Israel Cruz from Mexico, 620 kilos for the first nominated lifter. Thomas Archer representing France. Arthur also representing France. And Alex Kremens from Ireland, as well as American Zach Taylor. Rounding out the top five. Gentlemen, doing a little bit of research here. You know, some of these fellas I had a hard time finding on social media. You guys may or may not have found them. I always try to double check. Um, on open powerlifting whenever possible, because sometimes nominations are fibs. Is that a nice way of putting it? They're not entirely truthful. But from what I could see, this is the way I'm rolling. I'll take Israel Cruz from Mexico for to get that gold medal. Um, in the silver medal position, I'll lean on Thomas uh, Aker, I believe it is. Sorry, uh, it's, it's French, so or Ache for a 608. Um, and I'm going to take him for the silver medal, but for the bronze, I seen Alex Kremens pull a relatively easy 270 kilo in the gym, um, a weekly total of 612.5. Now I know that's a weekly gym total and a squat of 215 kilo. His nominated list is 255 for, for a deadlift and he pulled 270. Nominated squat is 205 and he squatted 215. Again, like Rory said, we don't know what his body weight's at. We don't know how, you know, flying from Ireland, it's not quite as bad as flying from North America, but it is what it is. It's, there's other intangibles. However, just, just my feel, I know he's nominated fourth. I'm going to put him on the podium. I'm going to put him on the podium and I'm going to have him taking that bronze medal. I think even if there's a dip in some of those gym lifts, I think he's trending upwards and uh, he's had a phenomenal training session. So I'm going to put Alex Kremens onto the podium for bronze. Mo, what are your thoughts here, sir? Um, this is going to be an interesting one. So um, 
Cruz, Israel Cruz, um, I, was, I wasn't able to find a lot of information about him online. Um, he has a social media account, but based off his social media, he seems like he just started powerlifting, which doesn't make any sense to be at 620 already. Yeah. He's, only got, he's only got one me on open powerlifting and he's only got one post on social media saying he's powerless. Um, so that's very interesting talent if this is his first meet as a powerlifter and totally 620. Um, but in my first place position, I'm going to put Taylor Zach. Um, he didn't meet, he's, he's nominated total as a 585, but he's rec- he recently competed, or I think it was 2022, he competed in USAPL. I think it was in a 74 kg class, but he weighed 67.5. So only 1.5 away from 66. And he totaled 637.5 kg at that meet. Oh, unless wow. I read something wrong. Yes. So 637.5 kg. So that uh, to lose 1.5 kg body weight and repeat that performance at IPF Worlds, I think he will be good for it, especially with a decent coach and decent nutrition. So... I think that's 637, and he's also competed on uh, international state, not international, but uh, USAPL standard of lifting. Um, I think he'll be able to maybe snag that gold place, um, that first place position. And then in second place, I'll definitely put the Mexican lifter. And in third place, I have um, Thomas from France because he's beaten um, Arthur before in the previous French nationals. Well, there it is. What are you saying, uh, Arian? What's your pick, sir? Um, so, yeah, I was kind of similar thing as as far as Mo as far as fighting footage. For Israel Cruz, I couldn't find any training footage for him, so I just had to go off as one meet. For Thomas from France, he doesn't have any recent footage. It looks like he trains with Panos crew, so he's obviously, like, you know, training and obviously his numbers are going probably going well, but he's not posting any of it recently. It's been, like, closer to what his last meet was, so... Uh, again, kind of going off of meat footage, but I'm assuming, you know, training's been going well. He's just not sharing it. And then I saw the similar thing as Mo with Zach Taylor, previous results from USAPL, and also his training footage looks really good. I found a 227.5 squat, a 137.5 bench, and a 265 deadlift, which comes out to 630. So again, depends on what weight he's walking around at to cut and what the issue was at nationals. If he just sandbagged it at uh, powerlifting America nationals or what it was, but it's obviously looking really good for him. So I kind of went with some of that recent training footage and also the previous meet results. I'm also taking Zach Taylor for first. I'm taking Thomas from France as second because he has the second best total. And I'm assuming with, with training with the Pana and training with that French crew and having good coaching at Worlds or anything like that, he's going to be able to perform well. And then I put Israel Cruz at third place because we only have the one meet result for him. He's going to have to travel far. Who knows what the team is going to be as far as coaching him. There's sometimes where like the Mexican lifters just come by themselves and handle themselves. So that could possibly hurt him. And so that's my one, two, three. Yeah, it's difficult to say with um, people coming from America, like Mexico and U.S., it's a bit of a voyage how it's going to impact some of these kids. Rory, I know, Rory, you guys get it bad Except, every whoa, year. Whoa, I know. Whoa. I know. <laughs> calm down, calm down. It, it, <laughs> it's, only, it, it's a little bit of a voyage, but also like as far as like the resources, like just like, like I was just at NAPF and there was two Mexican women competing and they're warming up in the same rack as us and they were there by themselves loading their own plates and doing their own rack heights oh, wow. and writing their own attempts and stuff like that. So like me and uh, some of the coaches from the Dominican team and one from Panama like started helping them. Like what weight do you want us to load and start loading it from? So who knows if Israel Cruz is coming with anyone because if he has only done one meet and he's going all the turkey maybe they don't have the funds to send anyone maybe his personal coach can't come so i had to take that as a hit 
all, it, it could be a hitter. It could be like if somebody like you was there, who's like, I'll take you on. Then all of a sudden they went from zero to a freaking, you know, the best of the best. So who knows, right? Sometimes you get lucky. Uh, Rory, what were you thinking here? Um, so very similar picks to Ariane here, um, but I will add a couple of couple of details. Um, so I think that the the French coaching staff and the American coaching staff are very good in general. Like they get a lot of practice. They really know what they're about. And I think that when you have a meet that becomes quite close, the coaching staff can make the difference. Obviously, when you have a lifter who's 40, 50, 60 kilograms ahead, like it, it just doesn't really matter, right? You just lift the numbers and that's and that's it. But when you come down to meets where you're going to be coming down to like five kilos, seven kilos, like maybe finishing on body weight, that's where the coaching staff can really make a difference. And so having those good good teams there can, can really make a difference. So I think that's valuable. Um, the other thing that I will point out is that although Zach Taylor has done a 637.5, three months after that, he then missed a lower squat um, he benched 140 in March, and then three months later, he missed a 130 and ended up with only his opening bench, and he only did an opening deadlift in that meet. Um, so I don't know what happened there, but he had this phenomenal meet in March, and then it looks like he shit the bed three months later. Um, and but, but, but I don't know why. Like, it's possible that he didn't need to do very much, and so he just kind of cruised. Um, but I can say that he did still win with that total. Um, however, it is possible that he was injured or, or perhaps had the cut was more difficult than he intended for it to be or something like that. And, and depending which version of Zach Taylor shows up could mean that we get 637 or it could mean that we get this 5, 585. And like that's a pretty significant difference when we're talking about uh, a meet where the, the top three guys are stacked together like this. Interesting. So did you give your one, two, three? Uh, same, same as already. Okay, gotcha. All right, fellas, let's move into the 74-kilo class. Now, for myself, hopped in here, did a little research, and I seen, and hopefully I say his last name right, the American Jeffrey Loon. Does anyone know how to pronounce that name properly? I'll, I'll figure it out by the time I get to Turkey. <laughs> hey, a lot of silence over here. What's the anglicized version is usually lung. Lung? Okay. Oh. Despite being a 74 kilo junior, I seen him pull 700 pounds in the gym and it looked relatively clean. It is a gym lift. I'm sure he's, you know, he's not making weight maxing out on squat and bench, but it is an absolutely monstrous pull, especially seeing how his nominated is 297.5 kilos. That's 655 pounds. So his deadlifts is obviously moving well um, for myself. I mean, Carl Johansson, Nominated with a 702.5 kilo. He's got a bit, bit of a spread over Jeff, but I think I'm going to lean towards Jeff because that pole looks absolutely devastating. I think he's going to, you got a 700 pound deadlift. You're loading up for the win. Unless disaster has struck in squats and bench press. I think you're going to load up for the win. And if he's hitting 700 pounds, I think he could cover that spread. At least, you know, he's got the potential to anyways. So I'm a believer I'm going to bank on uh, Jeff taking the gold medal for Team USA. Carl Johansson from Sweden taking that silver medal um, already in the 700 kilos. And for the bronze medal position, I think I'm going to go with your countryman, Mo. And oh, really? <laughs> I feel bad now. <laughs> and I'll take Antoine. Uh, nominated for a 682.5 kilos. Mo, what do you say? Do you not have to say? 
Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think first place will. De- I think I'll go with J- um, Johansson Carl for first place position. The seven hundred two is a decent spread. Um, very close behind him is the Jeffrey Long. Um, he is nominated six eighty seven point five, but his actual best meet performance is six hundred and ninety two point five. So it depends on how much he can improve on that actual total and get close to the seven hundred and he'd cross it. Maybe put a lot of pressure on Jason to maybe misload the last deadlift or. He's got the bigger pull, so he he actually gets the last say as to whether he'll pull for last place or not. In third place, um, it's going to be between, obviously, Antoine and Alexandre Pont, the French lifter. Um, Alexandre is rated is um, currently is nominated total 672.5 kg. But at the last meet he competed in, he basically missed his last squat, his last bench, and his last deadlift. So he roughly dropped around 25 to 27.5 kg in his total. Um, Based on that, he was able to just repeat the same attempts he attempted in his last meet in May. Um, I reckon he's good for somewhere maybe around 680, 690 total-wise. So just for that reason, I unfortunately bumped Antoine off my third place position. Oh, wow. (laughs) Here's the thing. So I didn't see um, Alexander's, that performance. I don't know if you've seen it. but was he missing those lifts on strength, technicality? Do you do you remember? Or? Unfortunately, he's got no video either. Ah, of himself, so it's a tough call. Also, yes. Yeah, it was a tough call, and you cited against your countryman. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, that's interesting. Period. Um, <laughs> what are you saying, my man? Um. I'm similar to to you, Ryan. I, I looked up uh, Jeffrey Lung's Instagram. I looked at his training. Aside from that 320 deadlift for people who want to know kilos, he also had a 245 kilo squat and a 155 kilo bench that was like with a long pause. So that puts him at like a 730, I believe it is, training numbers. So again, we have to take everything else into account. For Carl Johansson, I couldn't find anything on, on him on Instagram and his last meet was 2021 Worlds. So how much has he improved from last year's Worlds? How much are his numbers up? Uh, we don't know. And then for Antoine, I found a 247.5 squat, a 140 bench, and a 280 deadlift. They were all around RP 7.5 to 8.5. Like he, they had, he had more in the tank. And then with uh, Alexandra Pont, he didn't, I didn't f- find anything like uh, most says. If you click on his Instagram, it's like five posts of just him, like, you know, uh, no training footage. So it's hard not having the training footage for two of these guys and then having training footage for these other guys. And again, it's like, which one do you wait more? But I end up going similar to you, Ryan. Like I said, Jeffrey Lung for first, dropping down Carl Johansson to second, and then keeping the Antoine Darman at third. Rory, what are you saying, my dude? So I'm actually lining it up in order of the nomination. So I've got Carl Johansson in first. I think the he has the biggest in-meat total, albeit not by a lot, um, and, but that total is relatively old now, especially when you are a junior and presumably are, are gaining strength quite rapidly. Um, and the Swedish coaching staff don't miss very often. And that's that's probably worth a little bit as well. Um, and also he just has to travel a little bit less far than a lot of these other guys. Like it's only, is it two time zones for him uh, versus some of these other guys have to cross eight, 10 time zones. And that that makes quite a, quite a difference. Um, Jeffrey Lung does have a very big deadlift though. And I assume that he will be loading whatever he needs to move into first place. And so like, that's going to be really close, but, but I am going to go with the person with the biggest total thus far in, in competition, because particularly for 
I'm going to say it, a lot of juniors are trained full of hubris, right? Like a lot of juniors hit these numbers in the gym that they then can't repeat on the platform. Um, and that's happens a lot more with juniors than it does with open and masters lifters. But of course it does, that does still happen with, with other classes as well. Um, but I, I just can't look at a training training number where we don't know what the body weight is. We don't know what the conditions are. It's in a home gym. Uh, don't know what the, like what the equipment is like and give it the same degree of weighting as I do of like an inmate where we know exactly what his body weight is. We know what the conditions were and so on. So um, yeah, I'm going Carl Johansson, Jeffrey Lung, Antoine, uh, Damon. I feel really bad now. <laughs> You're the only one who's got him off the podium. He's listening to this. Being, oh, shit. Okay. What right. are they paying you, Mo? Yeah, right. It is what it is. All right. Well, let's move into the 83s. And this is a battle. Um, we got Nathan Javeo. Is that the proper way of? Javeo. Javeo. Javal, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. representing Britain. It's the number one nomination. Sean Jin from the U.S. is number two nomination. Eduardo Mazzuccelli from Italy is the number three. And Nick Manders from Canada coming in as the number four nomination. And representing France as well, Turkey with uh, 735.5. And then just outside of that, in six, of course, is Alex Sider, also from the U.S. It's a pretty stacked 83 kilo class. Now, I'm going to shake up everybody's world with some of these predictions, I think. Call me crazy. You're crazy. But <laughs> I, and, and I know I'm going the opposite route here is my man Mo in the last weight class. Call I know what you're doing. Well. You're going to call me bias as well. Okay, we all see it coming, huh? We all see it coming up, but let me <laughs> let me just explain my let me explain myself because I'm backed in the corner. So for the gold medal, I am going to take Canada's Nick Manners, but let me tell you why. The nominated number one, obviously Nathan from the UK, has a 767.5 kilo number one nomination, and he's a phenomenal lifter. But Nick Manners has hit 762.5. Here's the issue with Nick. Previously, at the very least, he's had squat depth issues. We'd seen it in the gym. He'd be squatting high. Ended up, I believe it was uh, the North American Championship. Might have even been Pan Ams of 2021. International competition, representing Canada, and he bombed out on squats. And it wasn't entirely surprising because it seemed like he was squatting high in the gym and you knew unless somebody got to him before this competition happened, you know, it, it was a little touch and go iffy, but there's two ways of looking at this. Um, either that was the blessing he needed and learn on an international stage to have to come home when everyone's watching, you got Canada across your chest, your friends and family going to ask you how you did and you bombed out due to depth. And it was depth, man. He was squatting high. If that isn't going to teach you, and look at Rory's readjusting himself in his seat. Hang on a second, Rory. <laughs> hang on a second. Rory's all upset already. But hang on a second. If that can't teach the young man, I think this has got to be on his mind. And hopefully he listens to the podcast on that 16-hour flight from Canada and is like, fuck me, I got to make sure I hit depth. Whatever you're hitting in the gym, not at depth, is not actually your squat top end. 
as long as he humbles himself and is like, I'm just going to take whatever I can at depth and doesn't waste too much energy loading up weight on his back that he's not going to get credited for. He hit in the gym an 800 pound pole. And um, I, I completely recognize he didn't max out on squat first. He didn't max out on bench first. He didn't fly to the other side of the world. I got you. But that is a phenomenal top end pulling power. As long as he gets himself situated, if he gets anywhere close to that 760 something total that he's capable of and has put forth on the platform. And they don't, I don't know if you guys know about Canadian refing. They don't exactly give them away. They'll bomb you in, in Canadian provincials, nationals, or whatever the hell. Very strict calls in Canada. Um, if he can get himself close to that 760 something by the time deadlifts, the last deadlift rolls around, you bet your ass he's loading up for that win. And if 800 pounds was his top end, and that's without you know, having the gold medal on the line and you're on the live stream and he, he could have that in a moment, but he hits. Call me Canadian, but I think- That's the most hit. insane thing you've said so far today. That's the most, <laughs> that's the most safe. That's the only thing you'll agree with me on what I just said. Is no, no, I absolutely, yeah. oh, okay. Go, but, go, sorry, go, go on, but, go on. I think he hits and I think he clinches the gold medal and I'm going to take Nick Manners for the gold. Um, I think he's going to edge out Nathan, who's going to take the silver. Uh, my man Mo probably has Nathan coming in seventh. And I, <laughs> I don't know why he's got to do his, his countrymen like that. And um, I'm going to take Sean. I'm going to take Sean representing the U.S. Uh, for, for a bronze medal. And he gets on the podium. But let me just say this as well. All right. Cause I know, I know already Brody's Brody's coming at me and I brought Bay. Everybody's coming at me, but let me say, this is a super tight class. And if you were going to tell me, look, I got Sean winning this, taking it home for, or, or, or Nathan winning this or Eduardo or whoever the hell right down to uh, number six, Alex Siders. All right. I can be talked into almost anything, but fellas, let me hear Rory. You go ahead because you, <laughs> you want to do it. Okay. But- all right, let's start. Let's start with this Nick Amanda's talk. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I got a lot to say about that. So he bombed in twenty twenty one, didn't squat to depth. I can also see that he didn't make a bench attempt, but I can't tell if that's because he just didn't attempt them, and so they just scratched them, or if it's because he um, he legitimately didn't make the attempts. So zero for six on that meet, and no recorded deadlift. So zero for nine that entire meet. Next meet, he goes five for nine. He still only makes one squat, um, and he actually missed his second attempt and then went up for his third attempt and missed it again. Um, and then he, then he actually did make some bench attempts. So I had to give him credit for that. Um, and then proceeded to miss a deadlift attempt as well. So like not the best meet. It doesn't look like he learned from his squat mistakes of the previous meet. Admittedly, he didn't bomb, but he still did go one for three, which is just not great, right? Like it is not a good way to set up with the rest of the meet. Then in his next meet, he went four for nine. Um, he made two, he did make two squat attempts this time. Um, didn't make a third squat attempt. Missed his second bench attempt. Came back, got it on his third. Only made one. Only made his opening deadlift. Missed his second attempt. Didn't take a third attempt. Um, so, if Nick Manders could put all of the numbers that he has hit sort of like piecemeal together, that would be a really great total. 
but he's gone four for nine. He's gone five for nine. He's gone zero for nine. Uh, before that, uh, his last his last meet where he made like a good number of attempts, he he got he went eight for nine in September 2020. So two years ago, he went eight for nine. Um, and like people generally don't rise to the occasion of worlds. They fall to the level of their training and their prior meets, right? People generally, of course, there are exceptions, but people don't show up at worlds and magically put 20 kilograms on their total because of the environment. People show up at worlds and they lose 20 kilograms on their total because they haven't been training to the standard that they think they've been training to. So I'm not saying it can't happen, but I'm saying that if I were a betting man, I wouldn't put money on it. Where's the romance in you, my man? All pessimists, <laughs> this guy. All pessimists, this guy. The let, me say is let, let me say what. Let me say this. On that, on that one day, um, like he's been hitting in his last three performances, seven fifty three and a half, seven sixty two and a half, and seven forty two and a half. So I agree. Like his his game day, he hasn't putting it together. But if he can hit a seven sixty two point five on a shitty day my man is if he just gets that last dead for, and, and here's a beautiful thing because he's pulling last even if you want to tell me he's got shitty calls when it come and and look it is what it is he's he's it looks like he's got some shitty calls or at least technically isn't executing the last call is given for him load to win at the very least i know this at the very least i know the last pull is just going to be load whatever we need and if eight hundo is around the top end or or anywhere around there you know it's getting loaded we all let's all agree let's all agree one thing do we think nick manners is going to pull for the win yeah it depends if, if he doesn't, if if he doesn't in, bump out yeah because he may have bumped out by that point he may okay. get sixth place in that point if is he going to pull from sixth to first yes he or is he going to pull from sixth yes to he third? is are, yes are he that, is are, <laughs> I'm a hopeless romantic, and yes, he is. I'm a believer. Are the the Canadian coaches going to allow him to? Although, fun, I'll allow him. (laughs) I I, I don't know who the Canadian coach is, but let let Rory uh, finish his picks. Yeah, Leonard, let's let's hear you. Okay, so I'm going to say Nick Manders for third. Um, I'm I'm going to suggest that perhaps he might be in third and attempt to pull for first, and he's going to miss it. That's 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 my guess of what's going to happen. and second, I'm probably going to go with Sean Jin. And in first, I'm probably going to go with Nathan and Gaveo. Um, somebody the other day on TikTok asked me if I thought Sean Jin or uh, Alex Seidel was going to win. Um, and I have to say, it's quite interesting to phrase that question that way um, because it makes it sound like they think Alex Seidel is going to win overall. And it's not that I yeah. don't think he has a chance, but I, it's not a good chance, I don't think. Like, uh, I would be pleasantly surprised if, if, if it happened. Um, I, I think Alex Sider is more likely to be sort of fourth, fifth, sixth than on the podium or first overall. So, uh, sorry, who'd you say number one? Uh, Nathan Gaval. Gaval. How how did we say we we're saying that? Gaval. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Gaval. Thanks. Gaval. Yeah, I think. Okay, <laughs> Mo. What are you thinking here? Oh man, I ain't doing this. Um, so. <laughs> Just like I think um, on the side of Rory, so I am on, yeah, I have calculated the numbers for Nick Mandis. Um, What I basically have is his squat depth is definitely an issue. And I think if he gets the judges at IPF Worlds that happened recently, um, he's really going to have a tough day. Like he's looking at his Instagram and social media, it seems almost borderline. 
Um, but he does have a very strong squat, and I believe he will be able to, at minimum, sing somewhere between six, six, 260 to 265 kg squat. He can get that. So if he's able to put somewhere around a 265 kg squat, a 165 kg bench, and pull 360, that pulls him very close to a 790, 785 kg total. Now, I think that's that's a very big total, and that will definitely be up for contention against Nathan, who I think is going to be around somewhere around there also, um, 780, give or take. Um, it's going to be a question of who can pull, who, if Nathan can push his subtotal really high and put a decent deadlift for his final attempt, and if Nick Mandes can rise up to the occasion. Um, as a deadlifter myself, I'll always want to bet on the deadlifter, especially I've seen after what N has done in the 83 gauge class. Um, I feel like it might just be another case of Ender again happening here. Um, so I'll go for Nick Mandis for my first position. Um, shit. Nathan for second and Jin for third. My man is a hopeless romantic as well. <laughs> my man. We could write a fantasy book together, my man. See? Just believe. It feels good to believe. Just let it flow through you, man. Don't attach guilt to it. Um, what are you saying, my man? Uh I'm glad I got to pick last because I didn't want to pick for this. I kept going back and forth on everything. Uh, Nick Manders is definitely a wild card uh, because, yeah, he misses attempts here and there, especially deadlifts. And so he has the big deadlift and he wants to do the big deadlift pull to win. But if you're missing your deadlift in your last few meets, then is it actually going to be there? But I did see the 365 that he did in kilos and he did a 265 squat which looked questionable on depth as well so the question is what is his temp selection on squat going to be does he maybe miss a second and third on depth and then holds him back or can he make at least two to kind of stay in the fight so that one's tough i think sean jinn is also a wild card because i believe he was injured or something going into powerlifting american nationals the uh he didn't push his numbers as much i think in in austin for the open nationals and his training has been looking better. So he's nominated at a 272 squat, but he's done 276 in the gym with more in the tank. He was nominated at a 290 deadlift, but he's done 295 in the gym with more in the tank. So he's definitely improved upon those numbers. Just depends on how much he's improved and, and if there was an issue, what the issue was. With Nathan, I couldn't find anything as far as like really heavy in training, like close to his maxes. It's kind of like more like opener numbers. I saw a 267.5 squat, a 157.5 bench, and a 300 deadlift with more in the tank. But it's hard for me to gauge based off of that how much more he has. Other than I was thinking between 775 to 780, I think could be his top end. Uh, one guy we're not talking about as much, Eduardo, I did see his training and he has some interesting numbers as well because I found a 290 for three reps on squat and he's nominated 282.5. So I wonder if he's good at repping or could he be at a 300, 305 squat by now? That would be pretty crazy. And then I found a 315 deadlift and he's nominated 302.5. So that's why I was like, I didn't want to pick this because this is going to be crazy with, with how much these guys have progressed. These numbers are going to be crazy. Uh, I also want to add in just just because uh, Rory brought up, I love the Sean versus Alex rivalry. If anyone's been like following this, uh, it seems like Sean does not like Alex. Uh, doesn't like that Alex is posting videos with Delaney and Taylor, like trying to be on their level when they're like world champions in the open. And, and Alex has never even gone to worlds and stuff like that. And Sean's nominated second. And he feels like he's like being disrespected because Nick is nominated or so Alex nominated sixth, and everyone's talking about. Him. So I like that kind of aspect inside of all this is going on. And Nick Manders like, I'm just going to, you know, pull 365 and do it. So it's, I think it's going to be a great weight class. I think it's going to be a great battle. I think this is one where you have to have everything on point. 
you can't just uh, for Nick. Sorry, you can't just come with a big deadlift. You have to have, to have everything on point. Your body weight has to be on point. You have to have good attempt selection. Um, you have to have been practicing, you know, to the competition standards and everything like that. Um, if you're off on any of these things, it's going to mess you up, and you're going to fall behind everyone else. So, with all that said, my final choice was I'm taking Sean Jin for first. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. I think he's gonna. I, I think he's gonna put up some big numbers. I think he's gonna. Ha- I think he's gonna be first place in subtotal going into deadlift. And with how his deadlift improved, I think he can stay enough ahead of these other big deadlifters. Sorry, uh, Mo. I got Nathan <laughs> for second, and then I'm keep. I have Eduardo for third. I think Nick Manders is gonna be fourth, maybe like Roy said, third, and then try and pull for the win and miss, and he ends up. Uh, in third or fourth, so I put Nick at fourth. Sorry, what do you have, Nathan? What's that? A uh, Nathan at number two. Okay, so wait, you got yeah. Sean. Wait, give Sean, me your Sean, one, two, three again. Sean one, Nathan two, Eduardo three, Nick fourth. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, looking at Eduardo, I seen that three fifteen in the gym. He's also at three fourteen on the podium, or sorry, the platform. I think it was a deadlift only, though, or something like that, though. Um, and, and for the bench is nominated a 162.5. I seen a gym post of 172.5, a 10 kilo jump. That's fucking crazy. Now, I don't know what his body weight is though, but I mean, he's the return, he's the returning world champion from 2021. So he knows how to hit competition lifts at an international level. You know, if you like that, like the opposite of a Nick Manders, if you will. You know, if, if you're like Rory wants to mitigate risk, he wants to see it on the platform. He wants to have seen a history of international competitions and perform at that level. Got you. I could see where someone might start leaning towards Eduardo. He's won at the internationals before he's hit international standards. And if you want to add in a little spice, his gym lifts are fucking moving, man. Like Eduardo, I don't have Eduardo on my, on my podium. I full, I'm listen, anybody who's listening, the 83s is super stacked and get shaken up. Whether Eduardo, Sean, Nathan, or Nick take this, I don't know. But either if you told if you want to roll the dice and get shaken up, I could I could be talked into any of them. It is that close. It is that think, close for all of them. Yeah, I think legit one through four, any of them can win. You can make a case for any win with two, three, four as well, Sean, Eduardo, Nick. They're all 1999. They're all going to age out. This is their last year. So they may go crazy at the end and say, hey, I'm in third. I'm pulling for first. I'm not pulling for second. So you could see anything crazy like that. And then the other guys, uh, Suleiman, he hasn't been posting any like heavy singles. Uh, he's coached by Jason from the strength guy. So I'm sure his training is on point, but he hasn't been posting the numbers to know where his numbers are at. So who knows what kind of progress he's made. Um, and Alex is like the odd man out because he missed out on his year as a sub-junior because of COVID. So he's the younger guy. So he could be the future. These guys will all age out and he'll move up, but it, it's going to be a crazy one. Well, that's it. This is where like Alex, um, in terms of him being put up there with like, like he's he's in New York. So he's going to be taking picture with Delaney and Taylor. This probably isn't the year for him, but he very well, as long as he has a respectable showing, gets that international exposure and exposed to the judging, hits a certain amount of lifts. If he goes seven for nine, eight for nine, by the time he goes in there and he's one of the senior juniors, if you will, now all of a sudden he's winning those junior titles and then moves into the open. So it's not, you know, it it means something for a kid like that to be in the mix and, and, uh, Trying to I get actually to on that, I actually think there's value in going to these big international meets 
and not doing great for a year or two. You know, Nick going Manders. and coming. Yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. We're back. We're back. We're back. Hey. We're back. Baby. To one. You know, going, going, coming. You know, eighth, sixth. Um, I think Brett Gibbs came thirteenth at his first World Championships as a junior or something like, and getting the experience. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think Alex going maybe coming fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Um, but then being able to come back for another two years or three years or whatever it is after this is uh, that's going to be really valuable for him in the long term. I think. 100%. And like Arian said, some of these guys are aging out and he'll be at the top. It's like when you're in high school, he's not in grade nine no more. At some point he's going to be in grade 11, 12, and that's when he's going to start flourishing. All right, fellas, let's move on to the 93 kilo class. This one is stacked. We have Team USA, Great Britain in France. Go with neck to neck here. This is a very tight race. Um, I can tell you right now, Shane Nutt, I've had him on on the podcast before, and he is about as fucking nice of a guy as you're going to meet. Super good kid, um, if you guys have ever met him. And he's got, I mean, he's coming in nominated at 796. For me, he's a bit of a sleeper. I, I know he's, let me take a look at here, squatted. So he's nominated with a 295.5 squat. He's now squatted 300 kilo. Um, he was nominated with a 325.5 deadlift. I seen him double 325 in the gym. And if you're wondering, well, how much does he cut? What does he walk away? What does he walk around with? I believe he walks around underweight. So he's not doing a big weight cut. So that squat, that deadlift in terms of transferable onto the platform, that's one variable that shouldn't be an issue. So that 796, if you're telling yourself, well, he's a little bit behind, that's old. You know, that's old. He's squatted already five kilo more than that. He's taking that deadlift and he's doubling it smooth too. Not, not grinding by any means. And oh, by the way, he's progressing. So I expect more from him when he hits the platform. Now the intangible, he's coming from the US. He's got a bit of a travel. He's got to go to the other side of the world. Uh, so how does that affect him? I'm not entirely sure. He's not new to the game. He's been surrounded with powerlifting for some years now. So we'll see. Now let's talk about James Adcock from Great Britain. Um, coming in with an 877, James has got, I mean, he's got a killer squat, killer deadlift. He's got the biggest deadlift amongst those three gentlemen I just named. So he will have the last say. Whatever's going to happen, he's got the last say when it's all said and done. That's a major, you know, card to pull when, you when, when it's that tight of a race. However, the chips may fall. He really needs to mess up, fumble the ball and squat and bench to not be able to set himself up for a pull for the win, especially seeing that he's coming in nominated at 811. The number one nomination, Rico from France, is uh, 818. You got to think he's got to be in the hunt and ready to pull for that win. Um, so let's talk about Rico coming out of France. The youngest of the, these three gentlemen hasn't been doing very much social media posting, so it's hard to tell how good he's been. Rico's a strength guy's athlete, is he not, Arian? Yep, Jason coaches him. Former national, uh, he was at the national championships for boxing, which I can appreciate as a boxing fan. Um, my man, my, you know, he's coming out of France. These are three powerhouse nations. In terms of, like, the coaching that they're going to bring, you know, it's, it's all going to be pretty close and even. Um, so it's difficult. I'll give you guys my one, two, three. And then area, maybe you go next. 
<laughs> I'm going to go with James Adcock for the gold medal. Um, I think it's as tight a race as it is between all these lifters and with Rico and somewhat flying blind with Shane. He's a little behind. He's got to cover the gap. And I think he is covering the gap. How close he is. I totally got to guess, but James is going to get the pull last. And if it's that close and I'm having a difficult time choosing, I'm going to, um, I mean, especially when you pull last, the big part of it is you don't have to guess for your last pull. It's, it's lined up for you. Load the bar with the win. So I'll go for James. Then I got Rico, which is a uh, Richmond Baden from France coming in for the silver and I'll take Shane Nutt for the bronze, but this is as close as they get. This is like the 83s, the 93s and 83s fellas is going to be fucking battles. And I am not a confident man with my pick. <laughs> so Arian, what are you saying, sir? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. This is a, a tough one as well. And um, maybe the 83s is a little bit more of a mystery of like, you know, will people make attempts or miss attempts and, and different things like that, maybe less experience and stuff like that. This one, I think, is a little, maybe a little bit more structured, a little bit more experience. Um, they've all done like international meets before, like Shane has gone to Worlds before, Richmond's done Euros and Worlds, looks like James has done Euros. They're all pretty light, like they're all sub 92 kilos in their last meet, so it looks like they're not cutting weight. Uh, James actually moved up from the 83s, and his Tola has just like shot up, so he's still filling up his weight class, so it depends on how much more his Tola goes up. So I think this will be a little bit more um, uh, like, you know on point everyone will be on point on weight everyone should be on point with attempts because all the coaches for all those teams are all gonna be good they all have international experience they know what it's like so i think it's gonna be a little bit more structured that way um you say james will have the last elf potentially depending on how much shane has improved he could be right up there he's done 340 yeah. he missed the 345 so who knows how much he's improved since then um so we'll see but obviously richmond for sure is gonna be the one who has to pull first because he's missed 338, he only had 325, and then wait and see what Shane and James' strategy is going to be. Um, I'm definitely worried about Richmond with how Shane has progressed, or how James has progressed, but with Richmond, all I saw was a 202.5 kilo bench he did, and he's nominated 192. So that's good potential. He's hitting 10 kilos more in the gym on bench, so maybe Squaw and Delph have improved a decent amount as well. For James, I saw a 305 squat with more in the tank and a 332.5 deadlift. So the 332.5, you know, who knows what his top end is, but the 305, when he's nominated 303, again, that's a good sign. And Shane, I saw that 300 squat as well. So this one's a little bit tough. We have like a little bit of data on each of them, but not that much. But I'm going to stick because I don't know um, as much information as far as all three lifts i'm just stick with what's there i'm going with richmond for first i think he's progressed enough and he has a good coaching team behind him body weight's on point i think james will definitely give him a scare and could easily win this but i'll take him for second um just because i think richmond will be uh, ahead enough and then shane i think we'll just be a, a little bit too far behind and maybe just like he'll think about maybe trying to pull from third in the second but then james may just pull for first or maybe just try and hold second we'll see what their strategy is so i got shane for third mo what are you thinking sir um so i'm definitely gonna go for the british lift in this case um i'm going for james adcock for first position <clears throat> just because i've seen james adcock um james adcock basically just moved into the 93s it's he's basically just a year into the 93s so his rate of progression is definitely just going to keep on increasing every single month give or take 
He scored the 305 kg relatively easy. Um, and I think that was on an SPD day. He's pulled 330 kg for a double during training um, a while back. And his bench is not one that he posts really often. So basically, it's not as strong as lift. So it's a question of how far ahead can Richmond push his bench and how far ahead can Adka catch up in the deadlifts to secure that first base medal. And since he's the bigger deadlifter, he will definitely get the final say. So in that case, I'll go for James for my first position, um, Richmond for the second position, and then Shane for third position. Interesting. I'm wondering, so we're all so far on agreement with Shane in bronze, but he's a bit of a, he's tough to call. I'm telling you, Rory, what are you thinking? I am actually going to mix it up a little bit after you just said everyone's putting Shane in, in bronze. <laughs> uh, so first I'm putting James Adcock. Um, the, he's progressing well and having that monster deadlift is just uh, such a huge tactical benefit. Like if, if you're pulling last, you know exactly what you need to put on the bar in order to win. And I would say that like he, he is likely to keep up on subtotal and then load to win. He may have even actually won it after a second, potentially, depending on, on how that goes. I'm actually going to put Shane in second for similar reasons because it, it doesn't show here on the nominations, but like you said before, he has actually pulled 340. Um, and so with that, that would have actually pushed him into the 810 range, um, you know, 810s range. Um, and again, 340 is a monster deadlift. Um, so pro probably not quite as good as James Adcock, but it, it's right up there. And then in third, I'm going to have uh, uh, Richmond Biden from, from France. Um, he, you know, again, like you were saying earlier, Ryan, I'm not really confident with these picks though. Like I'm, 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 that's the order that I'm guessing, but this could really be shaken up. And in fact, like we haven't even talked about Alexander Olat Hood. Is that how you would say that name? Um, or, or Yulong Lee. And realistically, either of those guys could mix it up in, in there as well. And like, we haven't even been talking about that. Um, I do want to also just shout out one of my guys, Thomas Delamore, who's nominated sort of right down the bottom. Um, he's not going to be in sort of podium position or anything like that, but he's progressed a lot since he hit that total. Um, and so his first international meeting, that's quite cool. So, Absolutely, man. It's a, it's oh. a freaking wild experience. Go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to add there real quick because I just remembered I was, when I was watching Shane's videos, the 345 he missed at Nationals was actually for a lockout issue. He actually pulled the weight, but you can watch the video. His like shoulders rounded forward, like he had his head down and shoulders forward. And so he has the strength for it. So for people maybe seeing like, oh, 818 and 811 for Richmond and James and then 796 for Shane, he get he did get the 345. It was literally just a technical issue that he can correct, which then puts him up there in, in 816 right up there for, with those guys. So he's definitely a threat. He definitely has a big deal of two. It can definitely be a situation, like you guys said, Richmond pulls for first or is in first, and then maybe Shane pulls and jumps over him, and then Jane, uh, or Shane pulls and then James pulls and jumps over them both, and Richmond falls at third. So it's definitely possible. Uh, straight up, I'm telling you, Shane could have the biggest deadlift that day, and he could also win. Like that's, it is that close. And in terms of Shane's deadlift, yeah, man, he could like that 325.5 is definitely not his top end deadlift. Like he's capable. He might, the, the thing is, I don't know where James is going to be at with his deadlift, but Shane might be the biggest deadlifter that day. He might be, he hasn't been on paper yet, but it could, he might be come that day when it shows up. So it's super tight. I'm excited to see it. Um, it that's yeah. One, two, threes could easily shake up. Let's take a look at the 105s, gentlemen. And if the 83s and 93s were too close to call, we got a little bit of an easier call, but maybe not. 
Coco Clement from France. He's capable of podiuming in the open, but he's also had a very difficult South Africa Open World Championships. He hit 895 previously, and I got to think he's good to jump into the nine hundos. However, he's had bad days where that total has just dropped. Drafts, if he doesn't get a squad in, whether it's whatever the different issues that may arise. So Coco Clement is back. He wants to redeem himself from the Open World Championships in which he put forth a total he doesn't think is indicative of his full-on potential. But he'll be met with the American, Anthony McNaughton. Is that, am I pronouncing that right, Messi Kamesi? A lot, a lot, a lot of these U.S. lifters are new. I've never, I've never met them before, so I'm not sure. Naughty McNaughton. McNaughton sounds British. Does that sound right to you, Mo? Uh, that sounds pretty close enough. <laughs> okay, close enough. Um, went nine for nine at U.S. Nats. Big squat. Uh, started powerlifting in 2020. Definitely has a big future in powerlifting, considering how this is only his second. You know, if you start in 2020, we're here in 2022. Here he is with an 816 at the World Championships. And Antonio Perez Barros from Spain with an 810. Um, couldn't find too much on uh, the Libyan lifter. And uh, Michael from the UK is definitely a threat as well. Um, so looking at this, I think Mo is going to hit. I think he's going to, I think. He's learned, yeah. I mean, he's hit an 895.5. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. That was at the world championships as well. Is that 2021 worlds? So, for he, Coco, yeah, yeah, yeah so, so he's capable at the world level for an 895. I think he's going to return to form. I think he might even surpass that and go into the nine hundos. But even if he doesn't, he's my gold medal favorite. He's got such a spread. I'm going to take Anthony from the US for the silver medalist. And I'll take Antonio from Spain in the bronze. Um, and he's won European titles. He's won silver at the 2021 World Championships. Antonio is he's accustomed to the world standard, and uh, he won't be overcome. And he's going to hit the standards in terms of the list as well. So he's going to be my bronze medalist. Um, Rory, do you want to go second this time? Yeah, sure. Um, so I have Coco Clement as my. Uh, top pick um particularly if we get the 895 version 895 plus version of coco clement right um he will i don't think anyone else is going to come close to that however there is also a version of coco who goes 860 on the day or or even less right he's bombed twice um not not recently to be fair um but but he has bombed twice in the past he went four for nine at uh, Open Worlds in South Africa um i think he got two squats one bench and one deadlift or something like that um it was just absolutely horrendous day for him and so if he can avoid that day happening again i think he will clinch this easily if he has that day if that version of coco shows up it's going to be much less easy and of course that 865 that he got on that day would still be enough to have him on the first nomination versus these other guys but it goes from being relatively confident that he's going to win to sort of like the flip of a coin of he's going to win right so First, but it has to be the good version of Coco who shows up, not the not the version that we saw we saw at South Africa. Um, second, I'm going to go Antonio Perez uh, Bar Barros. I'm horrible, probably going to have butchered that, uh, but I'm going to put put him in second place. Um, 
monster deadlift. Uh, he's competed internationally a few times before, and that's worth quite a lot. Um, doesn't have to travel very far. And I keep harping on about this because as a New Zealander, I have to travel like 40 hours for every meet. Um, and so like I like I, I, like, uh, I understand what impact that has and in a way that some people who have only traveled within Europe or have only traveled like across America or something before may not appreciate. Um, and I think a few people probably learned that in South Africa where they traveled from, you know, us to south africa for the first time and suddenly discovered that wow travel actually kicks your ass um and then third place i've got uh anthony mcnaughton um from usa naughty mcnaughton here's yeah i tell you i'm a little surprised there but i'll tell you what yeah if coco doesn't have a great day anthony could anthony went nine for nine getting that 860 and i don't even know if he's pushing now you're right if he, the travel and whatnot, let's see how it affects him. But his top end could be a lot more than that as well. So if Coco has a bad day and Anthony has a phenomenal day, because some people do have phenomenal days despite travel, holy smokes, we might have a scrap. Um, Arian, what are your thoughts? Kind sir. Similar thoughts to you guys. It just depends on which Coco shows up. Because I think, yeah, if he's 885 to 895, I think he's pretty safe. If he's 865 to 875, then I think he can be in trouble because Anthony, yeah, he's he doesn't have a lot of meets and it looks on open powerlifting. It looks like he's only competed, you know, in the, on the East Coast of the U.S. So the travel uh, could, you know, possibly affect him. The world stage could possibly affect him. But it looks like in meets, he does a good job of making attempts. It looks like he weighs in light. So he's still filling out the weight class. It looks like his training is going well where he could potential potentially hit a PR, you know, 865 to 870, something like that. So he could be a threat if Coco's not on point. For Coco, the positive I've seen is it looks like he's clearly been working on his depth on squat. It looks completely different. His gym lifts, his depth looks much better. But his other numbers, like his delf doesn't necessarily look as strong recently. If you go back, I think maybe a month or two, he was like doing some big pause delf numbers. But more recently, he hasn't been doing as good of on the competition delf to point towards like a, you know, 365 delf. So Going into Worlds last, uh, this year, I didn't think his training was going in that well, but some of the French are like, no, you know, he always like performed well at meets and he does better than his training. It just didn't show. So yeah, like you guys said, which Coco is going to show up? Um, I believe he missed his, their nationals because he had COVID or something like that. And so his, la so his last two meets have been Worlds and now he has another Worlds coming up. So it's literally three Worlds back to back for his meets. One good one, one bad one, which one's going to show up this time. But in the end, I think a good enough Coco will show up. So I have Coco for first. I have Anthony McNaughton for second. And then Antonio Perez for third. Coco's depth is better on squats, but on his deads, the sh he's got to make sure he gets his shoulders back. And he's yeah. been using straps. And um, and I mean, I don't, this is what he's showing. I, he might be hitting singles, no straps, his shoulders are back. But I, I, that's one thing I'm worried about is get his shoulders back. But the, you're right. The depth looks better on squats. So we'll see. With the um, Libyan lifter, I was going to say, too, the only thing I found on open powerlifting was from like 2019 when he was like a 93 kilo lifter doing 666 is all I found. So maybe he's improved that much. Um, going into the open worlds, I wasn't too sure about the Libyan lifter. It was a 120 kilo class and he put up, you know, a huge progress from what his numbers were in 2019. So these numbers could be legit. He could have progressed since then and he could be in contention there as well for third place. But um, since I have no data on him, I, I kept them at fourth. What are you saying, Mo? 
Um, <clears throat> so I, I think definitely in first position you have Kohu Clement. Um, he should secure this realistically speaking, considering he's competed at the highest level in open worlds. Um, I thought a very interesting point, even though everyone's kind of wondering which Coco we're going to get, whether it's going to be an 860 or 895 kg Coco. I for some reason, get a feeling Coco might be coming into this war championship to secure Sheffield ticket if there's one on the line. So that means doing somewhere 900 plus, maybe into the 910, 920s. I don't know if that's possible. Um, his training numbers don't indicate that, but I think it's definitely on his mind. I don't think IPF Wards was a good reflection of his actual strength. Um, since he's cleaned up on the technique, he might be able to push past the 895 and into the 900s, but we'll have to wait to see which Coco actually turns up on the day. Um, for second position will be uh, McNaughton Anthony from America. He looks strong. His lifts and social media look relatively easy. So he looks on track to hit 860, 870 even. And then in third position will have to be the Spanish lifter, Antoine. Um, I would like to just mention, obviously no one knows anything about the Libyan lifter. So he might turn out of nowhere and do something amazing. But also we have two GB lifters in fifth and sixth position who might be able to come and do some damage later on. Unfortunately, they're both subtotal athletes, so they won't be pulling any big deadlifts. But depending on how they play their cards early in the game, they might be able to sneak up there if they want to. Yeah, I mean, Michael could be a threat. It depends on, like, 20 kilo spread can be mitigated pre pretty quick if somebody misses a couple lifts at the World Championships. Yeah. So 100%, he could end up on the podium. All right, let's take a look at the 120s. And once again, it's Team France at the top of the nominations where Nico Perrault is the number one nominee with an 875.5 um, representing the U.S. And I might be butchering the name. Arian, do you know this, uh, the proper pronunciation? Or No, I don't know, but I'm guessing it's Yahia. Yahia? Uh, representing the U.S., nominated with an 866. And again, I'm going to be at the World Championships. I'm going to get all the pronunciations down. So forgive me if I don't get it proper. And Antoine from um, Sweden coming in with the uh, number third nomination. Anders from Norway with an 820.5. And then rounding out the top five is Bradley May from Great Britain with an 800 kilo nomination. Um, for myself, I'm going to go with Nico. He's got... He doesn't have the biggest deadlift, but he's got a sizable deadlift. Undersized coming into here, he came up to 120s. He, if I mean, if you're going to go to the 105s and you're in Team France, you got to go through Coco. And that's a hell of an ask for anybody because if Coco's on 100%, especially domestically, it'll be tough to even make a national team, let alone how you'll fare at the international event. Coco throwing up some size, but he has no weight cut that he has to worry about, which is nice. Um, but in terms of, so that's him individually, but also the American is essentially a one of fiver as well. So it's not like it's an advantage over maybe someone else is doing some major weight cut. Um, yeah, he also is essentially a one of fiver coming into the one twenties. So this is a bit of a clash of the one of fives. I'm going to take Nico as the gold medalist. I'll take uh, the American in silver and Anton in the bronze with no major shakeups here. Um, fellas, am I crazy, Mo? Am I crazy? What do you think? Um, so the American lifter actually goes by the name, um, he's Favro lifter on social media. That's his name. So he's nominated a 305 kg squat, 
the 211 kg bench and the 350 kg deadlift, which he did at um, PLA um, Nationals. Um, he's recently squatted 320 kg in the gym, mm. relatively comfortable. He has a very interesting bench setup. Um, I think it's very unique when you see in person and if you see on social media, it's definitely one of a kind. But he's um, benched 220 and his 350 kg deadlift at PLA National looked relatively easy. So I think just based off those mm. numbers, he will 100% be getting close to 900s, if not into the 900s. So I'll put him for first position. Second position would definitely be Nicola Perud. And in third position would be the Swedish lifter and was it Anton. Mm, this is where that social media scouting might come in handy. We'll have to see how it plays out. Here's one thing that's in his favor. Um, yeah, like travel's probably going to whoop his ass, but he doesn't have to cut. So yeah. in terms of like, sometimes people are big in the gym, weight cut, and it doesn't transfer. He doesn't have to worry about that. What do you think, Arian? You're an American. What do you know about this? Uh, yeah, he is definitely a threat. Uh, um, Mo's done some research. I saw the same thing. Three, 320 squat in the gym, 220 bench. 350 deadlift. He also did 350 deadlift at nationals with more in the tank. He just was, you know, doing whatever he needed to hold on to first place. So that based off the train numbers, that's an 890 kilo total right there. Um, so he's definitely a threat. The positive thing for Nico is the 875.5 was from a previous meet. It was from uh, their nationals, I believe. He did 882.5 at Worlds. So actually his total is a little bit more than that. Um, and then it just depends on how his training's been going, continue to put on body weight, fill out the weight class. He does have the international experience. He has been just competing in the U.S. This will be his first international scene. And as Mo said, the bench is very interesting. On the 220 bench, 220 kilo bench in training, you can see his foot move. Like he kind of like lifts it up and then puts it down in order to like help with his press off the chest. So he'd obviously get red light for that if, you know, at least two of the referees saw that. But also the way he sinks, it depends on who the chief referee is, how long they're going to hold it on him before they give him a press command because he's like constantly sinking into his chest and losing his arch and then pressing. But a referee may just continue to hold him until that bar completely stops. So I think the bench is going to be a big variable for him where potentially if they're going to give him a really long press command or he moves his feet, he can only get one bench in and that could really hurt him. But he, he's definitely a threat uh, to definitely win this. Uh, so I, I can see why Mo went with that, but I just stuck with the nominations. I went with Nico for first because he has an A82. He has the international experience, everything like that. Yahia for second uh, because they have a similar delft as well. So it's not like he's going to have a huge delft to pull after him. So it's Nico did 350 at Worlds and then uh, Anton Wasser at third. Well, Rory, what are you thinking here? We got Nico nominated first with a lot of international exposure. But we got a bit of a wild card coming in from the U.S. He's got some major gym lifts. Well, now I already I'm starting to set you up. I already know how you feel about <laughs> yeah. this. Will they transfer onto the platform? I just realized as I'm saying it. Rory's not yeah. Yeah. Gym lifts. yeah, you already you already know what I'm going to say, right? Like gym lifts are great, and seeing them progress over time is really important. Uh, it's very hard to take a 320 gym squat and say that that it is equivalent to a 320. Uh, competition squat right there's some amount that you have to discount that by and exactly how much that is is quite hard to figure out um he's under uh, i think someone was saying before he's quite underweight i didn't know that um and so that that discount probably is a little less than it might be for someone who is say 124 kilograms and cutting into the 120s um but nico is the same right and so nico's training is is also progressing quite well um and he has got that 882 from from worlds i actually was helping handle him in that session it was a lot of fun 
Um, so I'm going, I'm keeping Nico in, in first place. Uh, I'm going to say the American lifter for second and the Swedish lifter for third. I think, I think things would have to change quite substantially for the Swedish lifter to move out of third. Um, but I guess 35 kilograms or 36 kilograms is not that much when we're talking about people who are taking 20, 25 kilogram jumps on deadlift, right? That's one or two missed attempts. So the Swedish lifter coming in and going nine for nine versus the American lifter coming in and going six for nine, that could, that could switch pretty easily. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's still, it's not a runaway by any means. That's for sure. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, cause sometimes a lifter comes on and it transfers and it transfers and more like Jad Jacob. When she was in the 57s, you guys had seen, actually, I think it was you were really impressed by her gym list. And look, sometimes you will be like, it is what it is. I think this person is going to transfer over and those gym lifts transfer onto the platform and, and rattle you. And I was actually the one saying that's in the gym. No, I'm not sure. Humming and hawing. So it's hard to tell sometimes, man. That's what makes it exciting. And that's why it's sports, right? 120 pluses, gentlemen. Let's talk about the big boys. Now, this we got some big boys, but they, it's not some big battles necessarily, unless I'm not seeing something, uh, from what I'm seeing the Georgian lifter Timur with an nine forty-five, the European champion, he's used to international judges. I don't see a likely upset here. I think he's going to take this. Um, so I got him for the gold medal from Finland, uh, nutty competing since 2017 world championships, euros. Uh, he's my solid silver medal pick. He's also been into in international competition. So both of these fellas aren't going to be overcome by the moment. Um, and they're used to the international standards. So again, no intangibles that I think that are going to major shake this up. And obviously weight cutting is going to be an issue at the 120 pluses. And then the Norwegian uh, Christian with an 839.5 kilo nominated total. And for me, it's an easy, the spread is too great unless barring some major upsets. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy one, two, three. Do we, are we all say the same thing here? Does anybody see something that I'm not seeing? I, I didn't really look into it. So I had to agree. I mean, this is where we, we, I guess, kind of hope that either uh, Hagen Henderson or Pablo Averis from US or both of them could have gone to worlds because both of them have done over 900. So then it would have been a closer battle, but here, yeah, the gaps just look too big. Yeah. I'll say the same. Looks, looks one, two, three, pretty looks set. So I don't think there'll be any shakeups there. You agree, Roy? Uh, yeah, I do. And the super heavy weights are probably a little bit more stable, uh, like because they're never cutting weight that way, you know, if they're cutting weight, it's, it's an unusual occurrence. Like at, I, I don't see this shaking out very differently to how it's laid out here. There it is. All right, fellas, before we conclude the men's preview show episode, I want to get your takes on what you think the, who do you think the best lifter is going to be? I'll throw it out there right now. Um, I'm thinking Coco is going to make the proper adjustments. He is squatting deeper. I think he's going to lock out his shoulders on the deadlift. And I think if he removes the straps, the grip is still there. We're seeing some of his lifts on being posted, but we're not seeing all of them. I know he's not going to be doing just strap work. I mean, he's been around the block. He has hit 895 at a world championship before. He's hit the world's level. There is no harder refing than the world's level. I think he's going to hit at least around there to clinch it. Even if he drops a little bit, I think he could still clinch the best lifter. Will he achieve a total that'll get him summoned to Sheffield? That I don't know. 
that will be quite the ask. And that's the only way he's really going to fumble, fumble the ball here is if he really goes big on his attempt selection too big, starts missing lifts, and then disaster starts striking. And that's when you can start ending up with a much smaller total and we see what happens. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think he goes 900 range or ni- or a little bit over and clinches best lifter. Arian, what do you think, sir? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be either Coco or the possible person that can challenge it would be whoever wins the 93s. Um, with the 93s, since it is going to be a battle, maybe they're going to have to push their numbers a little bit more, which could lead to a lot of misses. But if you do get mixed, maybe they're hitting 820 or 830 total. And then if Coco has a off day and let's say he does 875 or 880, then depending on the body weight, the 93 could beat them. Um, I know you and Mo are saying, you know, Coco potentially put up 900 plus. I don't see that just based on pre last meet and also the training. I think he's going to be closer to that 880 total. So I'm just going to YOLO, go out on a limb and say Richmond for the 93s is going to win the best lifter. Oh, snap. What do you think, Mo? Um, I think I'll go. It's definitely down between Coco and whoever wins the 93s. And I think I think Coco is coming for – it seems like the whole theme is France, Team France is coming for redemption. So um, I true. think Coco will put something good on IPF board stage and – I think he'll clinch the first place position for best lifter. Rory, who's your best lifter pick? If we get the 890 to 900 version of Coco, it's it's got to be Coco. Um, but otherwise, I think uh, like James Adcock is probably a pretty good pick either for second or first if uh, if Coco fumble, fumbles the bag. Um, I, I did have to check quickly what a uh, 890 from, from Nico Perot at 110 would be, but it gets him at about 107.5. Versus if the uh, 93s go sort of 8.30 at 92.93, that gives them sort of 108.5. So I, I think probably the winner of the 93 would be the, my second choice behind Coco, uh, sort of depending what happens there. All right, there it is. Listen, everybody, we are doing a women's preview show as well. You don't want to miss it. So for whatever you're listening, subscribe, give us high ratings. We do appreciate it. Let us know your thoughts of our picks in your stories. I will repost um, we will be clipping out videos and popping them into our the Instagram. So feel free to jump in there. Tell us we don't know what we're talking about. We will debate you. And uh, also on Spotify, these are full length videos. There's not a lot of podcasts with <laughs> there's not a lot of podcasts with videos on Spotify. We are one of them. So if you want to watch this on video, by all means, hop on Spotify and check it out. Um, so make sure you subscribe. And until next time, six pack lap it at. And we are out.